Before we start, this episode comes with a trigger warning, as it contains in-depth descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of Let's Move On, Your Mental Health. I'm Helen, and I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety in 2015. And I'm Steph. I battle with obsessive compulsive disorder and health anxiety and together we want to share what it's like to live with a mental health condition and to spread the word that no matter how tough it gets it's okay to laugh with us and at us. Hi guys and welcome to episode four. Yeah, uh, we've entitled this one "Death by Carrot," Death which by you will Carrot. find out why later on in the episode. So <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking to Becca Clayton uh, all about OCD. So stay tuned for that because it's going to be an incredible episode, an incredible chat with her. Shall we hit things off with our challenges for this yes. week? Yes, let's talk about our challenges. So challenges last week, um, we say last week, the last time we recorded was, uh, was a few weeks ago. Yes. So your challenge, Helen, was you gave yourself the challenge to go for a walk and do something that was not a chore, but something fun. So how did you get on? Well, I'm pleased to say that box got thoroughly ticked. I went for my walk. <laughs> Uh, I'm lucky enough to live in the countryside. It's all very um, positive for the mental health Lovely. aspect because I literally have countryside on my doorstep on all sides. So it wasn't difficult. Gorgeous. It was just overcoming personal battles. But yeah, I did it. I went for my walk, been on several actually, which I'm quite pleased about. So yeah, because it's been quite a while since we last recorded. It has, and the uh, weather's so got yeah, a lot nicer, say, hasn't yeah. it? since we last recorded so. god that helps so much it, does, it really it? helps so it really much really does how about you though you you were going to take some pamper time I seem to remember how did that go yeah so I think I mentioned that I was going to try and paint my nails or do something but in the end um that didn't happen specifically but I did manage to go and get my hair done and do you know what it was really really lovely yeah I went and had some Brilliant. highlights thrown back in which changed my face, <laughs> felt more alive. Changed um, my face. Changed my face. <laughs> um, and actually just being in like a salon and having your hair done again, it was just lovely. It, was yeah. just, it just felt really nice. Fantastic. So, yes, I felt quite accomplished after that. Yeah, I'm going to take that one. Big fat ticks on all sides. I'm yeah. really pleased with us. How yeah. good are we? I know. Smashing it. So we mentioned a bit earlier that we had an interview with the lovely Becca Clayton all about obsessive compulsive disorder and the struggles that she's had throughout um, her life. So here is the conversation and the chat that we had with the lovely Becca. Hello. Hello. We're very, very excited to have you here on the podcast. (laughs) We've been waiting for a long while, haven't we, to try and get something recorded. And um, Mm. we finally made it, but we are so, so grateful that you are doing this. No worries. So happy that you're finally here. So yeah, we can't wait to ask you some (laughs) awesome questions because uh, it's going to be so eye-opening, especially for the likes of me and others who want to know all about our topic today. I know. I happen to know. 
research gods again, um, <laughs> that you've experienced OCD, so obsessive compulsive disorder for quite a long time. Uh, yeah. What I'd love you to do is just explain for everyone listening, sort of, for those of us that don't know a lot about the condition, and I'm mm. one of them, uh, sort of what OCD actually is. Sure, I can give it a go. Um, and it's a strange thing because I think a lot of people understandably if they haven't got personal experience of it have a an idea that it's people doing you know flicking light switches on and off and jumping over cracks in the pavement and this sort of thing and and absolutely it is um but there's a whole lot more to it and the thing that's kind of hard to explain about it is it's so personal it's so different for every single person um so it's really really kind of tricky to explain but from my experience, there's kind of two, two sides to, to it. So there's your kind of typical obsessive compulsive disorder where you have both the um, kind of thoughts that get stuck in your head and go round and round and round. And then you have okay. some sort of compulsion that you would do to try and get rid of that worry. So I think that's a lot of what people typically think of. So if people have an obsessive fear, say about germs, which is a really, really common one, they'll do a lot of hand washing and a lot of kind of rituals to try and kind of put that at bay and sort of reassure themselves. Um, so that's one side and I definitely have kind of elements of that. And then there's another side, which is kind of, it's called um, pure OCD. And it's where you have, um, mm -hmm. it's all to do with your thinking and your thoughts and you can get stuck in these kind of thought loops, but there's not anything, there's no outward kind of compulsion that people do. It's not like there's nothing tangible, it's all then stuff that goes on in your own head um there can be kind of mental compulsions where you're trying to think certain things and test things out but it's not the um the thing that most people would maybe think of which is people doing kind of rituals it, it's it's a mixture so i've had i've had both and it changes um i had a lot more of the kind of more traditional type when i was younger and um then when i was a teenager it switched to becoming the more kind of pure sort of mental um cycle um so i've had had both um yeah, yeah i heard about um i did some reading before this and i heard about yeah pure o i, I suppose as it's called so yeah. that's a new one for me to learn about but that's really interesting that you brought that up um mm. i guess that brings us because this all ties in with the questions that we ask people on the poll mm. and um we asked if anyone had an experience with ocd or if they knew someone who had and um, it's really interesting to know that 92% of people said yes, like they are yeah. either suffer it with themselves or they know someone who has. So I think for you to describe those, um, those compulsions and that situation, I think a lot of people will be sitting there, a lot more than we think will be sitting there, understanding what that means. Mm. And I know Steph, you, you really do, you're getting yeah. every single bit Do you know what I'm just wondering with that question though, um, is that, obviously like a lot of our friends and family are on there and if anybody's answered that who knows me <laughs> yeah well that's it that will give a high percentage to the people who are going yeah, exactly I know, what I I know who she is so <laughs> I know the percentage a little but um the other um the other thing is though is that it's one of those things that's on a scale so like actually mm. everybody pretty much will have some degree of it yeah to to one to one kind of degree or another and it's um yeah it's only when it gets to a certain point where it sort of interferes with your yeah. daily life and takes over that it then, you know, is, is about kind of finding out about it and getting a That's diagnosis it. and dealing yeah. with it. But 
everybody is on the scale somewhere. Um, and sometimes you hear people say, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but like you hear people go, oh, I'm a little bit OCD. And they mean like, or they just like to keep things tidy. And that, that riles me a little bit. Cause I'm like, yeah, we all are, but actually it's not. Yeah quite that you I know, was gonna say something similar because that it, that is what happens is that because uh, you're right and what I how I knew that I had it or had an episode of it if you like is because the doctors were saying to me it's if it starts to impact your life and I was like this is impacting mm-hmm. my life and I can't cope with it like it's not going mm-hmm. away so that's how yeah. I knew yeah. but like you said is that people will say oh I do that oh that's quite normal I do that oh well and you go yeah, yeah. great yeah I know that you do that the difference is is that you're not sitting there crying about it <laughs> that's what's different about it because yeah and people have to like to have the things a certain way people like to have the labels facing in the right direction in the cupboards or yeah. they like to have things in a certain order or they like to have you know if they go to the supermarket they go oh no I go in this route because I like this is how I go and I can't like really mm. go a different way because that bothers me um mm. and that's when people are likely to use the phrase oh I'm a bit OCD because it's a pattern that they absolutely like so i get why people say it but as you said oh, yeah. in the back of our minds we're sort of going okay but it's not really there is it that's so important though <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's so important because it gets thrown around doesn't it as a sort of mm. a, almost but, like a i don't know a put down or a kind of a bad thing and it's like okay but you're not though are you <laughs> yeah but it's it's you it's you bizarre. wouldn't necessarily say about any other mental health condition you wouldn't necessarily no. say that's true oh i'm a little Although, bit you know this or a little bit you know if you i don't know food related oh, no one bit, goes around yeah. going oh i'm a little bit bipolar today i'm a little bit yeah it's like you can't yeah. get away with that exactly because we know that very, these yeah. conditions are so severe. So this one gets highlighted in a slightly different way, which is something mm, that I've always it really does. been aware yeah, of. Yeah, and I found, um, because there's not, so, I mean, there's a lot more out about, about it now, but like when I was kind of, well, I was initially diagnosed when I was seven, but then when I was kind of 16 mm. was when things took a real shift and it was, you know, things were shifted to that kind of puro side of things. And um because there's not a whole lot of information about it out there or there is, but it's very limited. It's very hard then for people who are experiencing it, they wouldn't kind of find information or, or realize actually what they're experiencing is OCD. If you don't have like the clear cut kind of rituals and compulsions and things, a lot Mm. of people, you know, you can find it hard to to kind of find out what it is. And a lot of people live in fear with it because a lot of it's about thought processes and things. A lot of people live in fear thinking, oh my goodness, why am I thinking these things? Why is this stuck in my head? Um, And don't know what to do with it, Um, which is really difficult. And then a big part, OCD is actually called the doubting disease. Like the French have a word for it called the doubting disease, which is basically what it's about um you have a fear of something and you're constantly trying to kind of reassure yourself about it or disprove it and the more you try to do that the bigger it gets um and a big part of it can be thinking that actually you don't have OCD a big part of OCD is not believing you have OCD because your brain is going to no you don't no you don't like people are telling you it's all right and you're going no but it's not it's not and because I found a lot of the information out there was all about this the kind of typical OCD that most people would think of I couldn't find really anything that was gonna was explaining 
what I was experiencing. Um, and that found it, you know, that just kind of exacerbated. I was, well, clearly it's not, is it? Because there's nothing out there. Um, and it's only through having conversations with so many <laughs> like therapists and psychiatrists <laughs> and people like that, that you actually, I have days now where I go, maybe it is, you know, I'm still not convinced, <laughs> but I have days where I go, maybe they know what they're talking about. It's really funny that you mentioned like, um, lack of information out there. Cause, um, I think the majority of people on the polls, again, we're saying, yeah, we feel as though like OCD does not get talked about half as much as I know there's a huge push around depression and anxiety, which is what I suffer with. So I'm lucky in so many ways that there is a lot of information out there about my personal struggles. But mm. again, like you said, for everybody, it's it's different. Every I think someone once said to me, everyone's inner beetle is different. So like <laughs> beetle as in the bug um not be as in you know everyone's <laughs> inner john lennon is so different in a ringo <laughs> in <Exactly. a> ringo. <laughs> he had a ringo i love it ringo was his name just got my serious head back on i was like yeah brilliant and i realized that I said, I what you've just like, done yeah. there i mean it's like the we all want to channel for mccartney yeah <laughs> That's it. It's like That's you've switch. literally gone, oh, and now it, the whole thing has changed. That's what happens, doesn't it, with mental health? Damn it. You're fine, and the next minute you're like, oh, no. No, no. Mm -hmm. And it's no, a slippery slope. Yes, it is. But basically, I think what it is, is like everyone's in a Beatle, in a John Lennon, it's different. And <laughs> you kind of have to take it as it comes. But like 91% of people on this flipping poll said that like they don't think that OCD is talked about as much as health conditions mm. I 100% agree Becca what are your thoughts on that um yeah no I I would agree and I think as well what you were saying earlier Steph is where people can use it as a phrase that's a little bit kind of flippant at times I don't know whether that maybe has has anything to do with it um mm. but no it's it's not it's not talked about a whole lot and I suppose part of that is the huge variety of kind of topics it can take on and the way that it manifests itself I mean it's literally endless the things that it can kind of get you with and um, I think it's important to say a lot of OCD um, it comes from kind of a place of fear so it's a, an initial worry whatever that might be that kind of grips you um, and gets hold of you and then you work it and you're trying to kind of prove or disprove that fear trying to kind of reassure yourself so a lot of the topics and a lot of the subjects that OCD um, typically kind of picks on are things that people wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable talking about yeah. so there's not a lot out yeah. there you know a lot really common ones are you know fear of harm hurting somebody you know violence um, there's a lot of like um, obsessions that people have around kind of sex and that sort of thing like and for me, it always picked on what was the most horrific thing I could think that I could do in my life ever in that given moment? What's the worst thing that you think you could possibly do? And it got hold of that. And it would then, over time, just convince me, convince me, convince me that it was real until I completely believed that, oh, my goodness, this is this is what it is. And I know, you know, it was so brilliant to find Steph when we were at, we were at uni together yeah. um, and we were kind of brought together and somehow she was she was brave enough to start the conversation about oh sometimes I, I get these thoughts and these thoughts and it was like oh my goodness we're exactly the same and yeah. from there we could talk but because a lot of the topics are so uh, 
I don't know, I can't think of the right word, but they're so um, traumatic. A lot of people don't want yeah. Horrendous. Yes, yeah, that's the word. So, mm. you know, people don't talk about it because who is going to want to stand up and go, oh, yeah, um, I think I want to uh, strangle my baby, <laughs> which is a really <laughs> common one. Yeah, yeah. So... It's it's not yeah. an easy th- it's not an easy subject to broach like you said but just going back to what you said about we, we were saying that um, do people understand it more and is there more information out there do you know what I think it is I think maybe part of it is because OCD you did it really well but it's hard to describe actually what it is so if you talk about depression you can go someone's not happy they're really sad and that they're low moods. Okay, I can grasp that. There's obviously more to it than that, but you sort of have a vague understanding of that's what it is. If someone has anorexia, you go, they don't want to eat. There's more to it than that, but that's what I know about it. Um, and then you sort of go through all that, like bipolar, someone can be really high and they can also be really low. There's more to it than that, but that's what I know about it. OCD. Um, what do I know about it? I've seen that people like to switch lights on and off they like things in order and they like to like you said jump over the cracks in the pavement that's what i know about it but there's more to it than that and i think that because there's so much more to it unless Mm. you have a vested interest in it that's all you're gonna know Mm. so i was thinking about it earlier i was actually really nervous well for lots of reasons but i was really nervous coming on the podcast because i wanted to kind of talk about it and explain it in a clear way and i realized that well, I can't, no, I can't articulate it because your brain twists and turns so quickly that there's no, there's no way of actually explaining completely what it's like, no. you know, it, and, and that's something that I always find really hard if people, you know, if you're going through a hard time and people are like, you know, you can talk to me and it's like, yeah, but I don't actually know how to tell you what happens mm. because it's so, it's so individual to different people. And it's so the way your brain can work against, I mean, it's fascinating if it wasn't so flipping terrifying <laughs> it would be yeah, fan- fascinating to see the speed that your brain can kind of How turn against you it. oh yeah, yeah it's um I think you've summed it up perfectly just right there for me <laughs> as a, a non-sufferer that made total sense to me because it's saying well I can't describe it yeah I could try and you could get the gist but really it's individual to everyone that's all that's what mm. I need to know so I think mm-hmm. you did a stellar job just there that's brilliant yeah definitely, yeah definitely here comes my brain going yeah but you didn't you didn't though did you because you didn't say that and what about that and oh my god Shut up, Becca's brain. my god ah. <laughs> it's oh, we're so telling Becca's brain right now off, isn't it it's Brilliant. so hard um can we just go back a little bit becca you mentioned just before mm. that you were first diagnosed when you were seven um mm. is that the question that i have is when did you first experience intrusive thoughts yeah so I think that, um, so to a degree, it's all kind of intrusive in that if you think of intrusive thoughts as a worry that won't get out of your head. So Mm -hmm. when I was a child, it was very much, um, oh, something's going to happen to my parents unless I do this, you know, jump. I used to jump off my bed to the corner of my room and I had to make it in one go. Otherwise something awful was going to happen to You're allowed to laugh. It's fine. Oh, (laughs) no, I can't picture it. That sort of, that sort of thing. It isn't, it's an intrusive thought because it's a worry that's stuck in your head. That's making you kind of respond to something. But I would say I really kind of started to understand the meaning of what intrusive thoughts really were as when I was 16 and 
my OCD took a massive shift and it suddenly became about all these fears in my head about awful things that I might do um, and right. believe that actually I wanted to. So um, like I've never publicly talked about this, but like the first time it, it really hit me at that age. I remember where I was. I was stood in the kitchen, standing behind my mum. I got this feeling that like, oh my goodness, I'm going to, I'm going to grab a knife and I'm going to stab her. Like now where that comes from when you're a teenager and you're literally out of there, you just think what on earth just happened. And that turned into this obsession of this idea that I wanted to kill my mum. And, you know, my mum is the most, she's one of the people I'm closest to in the world. It's the most awful thing I could possibly think like, oh my goodness, I want to hurt my mum. And I was so scared of it. I was then trying to prove well do I do I really want to and round and round and round is when the kind of mental compulsion came because I desperately needed to prove to myself that I didn't want to do that that it wasn't real but the more I tried to prove it the stronger it got to the point where I 100% believed it and I remember I don't know how how my parents cope with it but I remember having a conversation where they're going yeah so I'm crying because I yeah I think I want to kill you and I was sat there in front of my you know my mum had to well you know I, I can't even I can't even think about it now now looking back I can yeah. see exactly what was happening but in the middle of it that was so real yeah. and um it this, that's the pattern that mine's taken all the way through it's always been something horrendous like that that um and that's typically what OCD does you know you wouldn't get a worry stuck in your head about is that flower green or yellow you know like that's fine it's flowers it's you know it's it's nice it's always hideous things that get stuck in your head but like my experience has been that it, it got to the point where a lot of people say, oh, people with OCD know their worries are not real, but they have the doubt behind it. And they're, but they know deep down that it's not, it's not real and it's just their mind, but they can't stop being caught in the compulsion. But mine got so severe to the point where I lost that. Yeah. I, I didn't, there was no part of me that knew that it wasn't real um and that was doubting it I truly believed that you know I've been all sorts of things in my life according to my head you know I've been a murderer I've been a kidnapper I've been a <laughs> at one yeah. point you know on a funny side I convinced myself completely convinced for a while that I was meant to be a boy and this was not because that was the case but because in my head that just popped up one day and I hung on to that um so yeah. sorry I've got I've diverted a bit there really with you no no it's really your interesting questions. <laughs> it was when I was a teenager. It's all relevant. I think it's that what, like, you're obviously like demonstrating that there's so much going on, like, in that brain mm -hmm. that it's just definitely uh, honestly, yeah. I, I, I totally, I, I, I've had episodes of OCD, and I, I feel as though that that could come at any time, but I wouldn't say that I have suffered as much as you have from such a young age. There's been elements of things that I've definitely had, but I do know that having those thoughts and the way that they spiral and just having that little, like, minor thought come into your head where you just go, hmm, and then suddenly you're going, oh, my God, but why have I thought that? Like, why do I, do I want to do that? That feeling, you get your stomach ah, goes, yeah. Yeah. I've had mm. like you know things like similar actually being in the kitchen just holding a knife and going what if I just like stab someone with this now what if I just slit them across the neck now what like what why do I feel like that could happen I don't know I don't want to do that and then you don't want to do that but you suddenly go but what if I do what if I That's what if it, it just happens that's what? it 
what if it just you try and yeah and the more you try and prove to yourself that you don't want to do it yeah the more you will doubt that so that's exactly what happened to me everyone was saying to me and when it first started people were saying yeah but you know you don't want to do it it's just a thought and you know you don't want to do it so that's why it's OCD and my OCD picked up on that and went yeah but what if you do want to do it yeah you know if you you do do. and then you know people said no 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 you're upset about it you know you, you don't want to do it and it would come in with something else and something else until yep. it convinced you. There's no arguing with it. There's no logicing, logicing it out um, no. because it will just mm. turn and turn and turn and turn and turn. But that's what happens. You've just said it really well there, Steph, is it starts off with an initial kind of worry. And at the very beginning you go, oh no, that's ridiculous. Don't be silly. Yeah, you can dismiss it. But it won't it. let go of you. Yeah. No. And the more, the more it goes on, the less sure you are about yeah. not wanting to do it. To, yeah. to the point where it can completely flip and you completely believe that I, that's what I want to do. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's so awful. But I think that similar to what I was saying before about people going like, oh, I'm a bit OCD, is that I think lots of people do have those initial thoughts where they go, mm. I could just do this now. And they go, oh God, yeah. But the difference is, is that lots of people, most people would go, but mm. I don't. And carry on with their lives and that that's it then but somebody with OCD wouldn't be able to do that they just can't go oh it was a little flip of force and that's the end of that it has Mm. to like (laughs) continue spiraling and spiraling 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 yeah Yeah. I was gonna ask that is it like a sort of a a downward sort of spiral that just yeah you cannot stop Mm. I would say so like I don't know like maybe if you'd say the same Steph probably but like I can feel myself I can feel myself getting sucked in and I can have a conversation with myself going okay. stop it Don't. stop it yep. if you engage if you engage with this there's only one way to go yeah and it's going to yeah. be down mm. and you can feel yourself getting sucked in but your brain just won't let you go no and park it there's mm, a, niggles away at you there's a link to I've heard mm. a link to OCD and Tourette's and it's mm. the the compulsion of like oh my god mm. that like I need to do this and I think that like if you if you imagine somebody who has a tick I've seen um I've, I've heard of people who, who've had Tourette's who say that if they have a tick if they try and like stop that tick from happening they go it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and suddenly they're like, I can't hold it anymore. And then it just needs to happen. It's a bit like that, isn't it? Where you can suppress that mm. force as much as you like, but at some point, as much as you try and suppress it, it will go, no, it's there. It, and it comes back again and you can't just shake it off. That's yeah, what's so and if you try, about it. Yeah. And if you try and suppress it, it will come back more than ever. Yeah. Um, it's mm. like, it's whenever anyone says, you know, try not to think about, it, people talk about the white bear I hate it because people are always giving me all of these examples and I'm laughing at myself because I'm talking about this and in my head I'm still like what are you doing talking about this you don't have OCD you're just crazy like you know so it's, <laughs> I, I laugh hearing myself talking about this like but um, people always use this analogy of like a white bear you know they say to people don't think about a white bear and obviously straight away most people yeah. think about a white yeah. bear when you try not to think about something all you're doing is it grows so part of it is you have to get used to sitting with these thoughts and these and it's not just thoughts as well it can generate feelings and like urges and stuff in a person it can become that real where like um so I keep diverting off sorry but like when I was um when I was scared that I was going to kill my mum I was so afraid of it and I developed this physical feeling whenever I thought about it thinking that I got this feeling of like excitement and it wasn't 
now looking back that's not that's that's not what it well it, it was happening but it was because I was so scared of it and I tried so long to prove that it's not what I wanted that my body just changed completely and it manifested itself in this way where I got this feeling where I was like well I, I want to I get this this feeling so it generates it's not just thoughts it generates feelings and it generates kind of urges in people mm-hmm. um, that make it really hard for you to to kind of believe what people are saying to you that it's you know it's it's thoughts going round. it's nothing more than that yeah um, wow that's fascinating I, I feel really yeah. privileged that you've just shared that with us because like you said <laughs> you've not shared that in public before but thank you yeah. so much for sharing that because it's so important to hear but yeah, it's not, it can't definitely. have been easy to say that but it's incredible mm. like that's so that's really empowering actually quite honestly like I know that sounds really super cheesy <laughs> But oh, no, 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 really it's true. And <laughs> I just feel for my family because annoyingly it's sticked on all of them in turn. Anyone oh. that I care about, basically, if I meet someone now and I'm like, you know, someone that I care about, guaranteed they will become the target of my OCD at some point because wow. it picks the things that you care about the most and the things that you fear the most. So guaranteed, mm. you know, yeah. I've had ones with my dad, I've had ones with, you know, all anyone that's close to me, it'll pick them out like that. Yeah. Um, so it's you know it's them my my heart breaks when I think of them oh but you know they're yeah they're I can't people. understand how that feels but yeah it's they, that's they that's it. what I mean like yeah that's the thing they they must understand to get it yeah that's my mom every does. book on OCD that exists still oh, I think she knows nothing her. and I'm right and she's wrong <laughs> <laughs> mm, that sounds familiar <laughs> <laughs> that's just me What's your experience with health anxiety and how does that usually manifest? So I definitely have it as part and parcel of of the OCD stuff. Um, I I haven't ever kind of been diagnosed with health anxiety as such, but I definitely have it kind of wrapped up. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing. All of these things tend to go hand in hand as well. You know, like I think if you experience one, a lot of people experience both um uh-huh. but no definitely i have uh definitely have a fear of um always i always think i'm dying always there's always something yeah and um again it's that it's the um the thought the worry of it and then you get hold of it and you just work it and work it and work it um yeah yeah that's really so would you say that um it's not always sort of your biggest area of concern um, but you, it's, it's partly, um, yeah, I'd say, I mean, it, I'm constantly saying to people, oh, I think I'm having a stroke or I feel a bit like this, or I think I'm having a heart attack. And I think it's the thing that, um, I think it goes hand in hand with the kind of anxiety thing. And it was sort of hyper aware of everything. And when yeah. there's a particular funny feeling or funny symptom, you know, similar to the thoughts, actually, a lot of people can just go, oh, that's weird. My head feels a bit funny and carry on. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think for, for us with, with these things you sort of grip hold of it and it takes over so yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's definitely not um one of my biggest ones but I would say it's one of the more regular things yes. that I um that I experience yeah okay because mm. um what um I found out recently is that I've definitely had um what I have been diagnosed with as episodes of OCD so I don't have according to medical professionals, long-term OCD, it's 
for me, it's happened where I've had sort of like an episode where I've been really fixated on something and then another episode and um, I've sort of got over those. But I do have minor things that still come in. Like you said, like you have like the daily ones. So I have a lot of that now and I haven't had horrendous obsessive compulsive disorder sort of thoughts for a long time. So like for years, like you said, for like for years, you haven't had any like crazy ones where you're like, I can't cope with life. But I have had um, episodes of health anxiety, which for people who don't know what health anxiety is, it's it used to be called hypochondria and it, it's literally mm-hmm. that it's a fear yeah. of constantly being ill and constantly thinking that you're gonna die so it could be something really really minor um like for example a cut on your finger you could convince yourself that you have got some sort of poison in that cut and it's going to go through your bloodstream and the next minute you're going to just die like that's that's as horrendous as it is for me so um as well as the OCD if you like mine really like the, the health anxiety part really really gets a grip um mm. so yeah and it can happen where you get um obsessions with it so you will have like your feet constantly feeling for lumps or you think that there might be something and you can't just go oh well I'll just like I'll leave that because it might it's probably nothing you have to constantly go well what is that and then you go well have I got one on the other side and you go well hold on is that bigger than it was before is it moved is it soft is it hard is it lumpy is it square is it flat is it round like what and you will literally go over all of that all of that process and to the point where you like go into a room and you'll be going I need to just go and like check this one more time I've just checked it but I need to go and check it again until it feels like I'm satisfied that I've checked it and it's okay. And that's how mine mm. manifests with health anxiety. So that's my sort of very like daily that that's mm. what I struggle with a lot. Mm. Um, and it's very really like to say though, it's that compulsion, that feeling of, I just have to check. And then once it's, it's not enough and you go, no, I need to do it again until yeah. you feel satisfied. And then yeah. but that then doesn't, that never stays that feeling it they'll always be oh I just need to do it one more time oh I just need to do it one more time yeah and that's Mm. the the horrible thing and you get that moment of relief for a little while and it's the best feeling ever when you get that reassurance to start with and you go ah and then it's like bang it's straight back and then something else yeah so you feel like you've overcome Mm. one thing and then you feel great for a bit it could be like you get some blood tests back like I've had a million types of blood tests um you get a lot when you're pregnant as well, actually. So I think that, that it, some of it's come from that because you, mm. I will go for them. And then as soon as I've had that blood test, I'll go, shit, what if they find something? What if they like mm. find that I've got some sort, sort of like horrendous like blood cancer and I didn't know. They weren't looking for that, but they're going to find it. And I'll go, oh my God, but that, and that, that's it then. I won't be able to like do anything until I've got those results back. And whereas some people are quite happy to go, oh, no news is good news. And if there's anything wrong, they'll just call me. I love that. I love that attitude so much. Mm. But I haven't got Oof. it and I can't cope with it. <laughs> I just have to go. No, I need I, to I know now. Yeah. yeah. I don't think under any stretch of the imagination that I, I can't imagine being okay with that. I also do. I don't have health anxiety, but any means however mm. the, what you just said there resonated with me I can't do the whole ah it's gonna be fine 
right okay yeah <laughs> I, I can't do it no way no it, I think if you've got something in, in your head again it's all sort of I think my, my anxiety is a lot more general but uh, yeah that bit that you just said just then my head went oh my god I uh, yeah I get it I get that yeah. bit it's all, all very similar, similar isn't it mm, so when mm. you're talking about health anxiety OCD and the, mm. the stress and the anxiety and then you're saying about having anxiety and depression and you resonate with some of that it mm. is isn't it it is all linked the some of the thought processes are all um yeah like intertwining I think that's it because I I haven't interjected with my, yeah, I get it because of, you know, what I'm going, because this is our OCD episode. So it's like, but yeah, just for reference, a lot of what you guys are saying is making a lot of sense to me. Mm. Some, yeah, of, some of it okay. I don't understand, but it's so interesting to hear. But yeah, I mean, we did ask a health anxiety question on the, um, on the poll and it was a 50-50 split. People, 50% of people had heard of health anxiety and knew what it was or suffered from it. And 50% of people, it, it, they, it never crossed their mind. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's bang on 50-50. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if people know what it means as well, because if you think of health anxiety, yeah. I sort of, I, I do sort of make the assumption that people know what I'm talking about, but actually it's mm -hmm. because we used to refer to it a lot as hypochondria and um, mm. we don't tend to hear that word much anymore. Um, I don't know yeah. why. It's not Which an offensive I like. word. I don't know why. It's sort well, of like disappeared but I, I don't know whether it, it was associated with it. I think it had a negative connotation come with it yeah. people would be like oh you're such a hypochondriac yes and it's probably. like it sounds as if like you know get a grip of yourself will you yeah. like what's the yeah. matter with yes, you yes exactly and that's just not that that's not it at all you know no, like it's not absolutely. the thing that someone can get a grip of or we that's know what that I was been, told as a kid yeah a, just like yeah. oh you're a hypochondriac you oh exactly. yeah I was, I was actually, told that a lot exactly yeah, and that, that's the same. I think whatever you know, anxiety, depression, health, anxiety, OCD, all of that sort of thing. There's always that element of people saying, "Oh, just, just, just don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Just don't think about it. I'll just get over it. I'll just get, yeah. get a grip." And you, you guys know, you know, you can't when you're yeah. when you're experiencing it. It's just I'm so Absolutely. glad now that we're talking about mental health, not just us, but lots of people in general were talking about mental health. And it was really funny because um, my my nan is she's really old. She's ninety two she's nearly 93 and um she's Aww. getting to the age where she'll say things and quite often she's like she's got no filter anymore so some things come out and you go <laughs> you can't say that nan like why are you saying that um not horrendous stuff but stuff where you go times have moved come on um so <laughs> she said something the other day about um oh do you know what all i'm hearing is about mental health they need to stop now right that's what she said <laughs> yeah okay so I spoke to one of my Sex friends. Not happy. Honestly, so I spoke to one of my friends and I said, my nan said this. Um, and, and the friend that I'd spoken to, um, Nicola, she, she's probably going to come on the podcast at some point, so she won't mind me saying her name. But mm, she, yeah. she studied um, positive psychology recently and did a master's in positive psychology. So she, she was very sort of like um, able to assess that as a, like a bit of a case study. And she went, well... <laughs> She probably is, because if you think about it, she's gone 92 years of never having to hear about it. And then mm -hmm. since lockdown, it is all we're talking about. So yep. 
it's not the norm <laughs> for her because it's like yeah. suddenly we're all talking about it and she's like oh it needs to stop and I actually thought <sighs> do you know what that's so right because we're now talking about it more and more here's hoping that when children and like my children grow up they will just be so used to it being talked about that it will be the norm for them and there won't be mm, a stigma yeah. attached to it and they'll mm. be able to just go oh yeah that's that's something that is quite normal for us to discuss and talk about and they do a lot in school now as well about mindfulness and he has some techniques that he uses. Like he does this really cute one where oh, feeling, amazing. if they're feeling wow. like quite stressed out, they like put their hand out. So, so as if like just holding like their, their, their hand, hold, doing like a number five with their hand and then they will go up and down their fingers um, just feeling like with one, one finger against all of your fingers um, to just calm down. And that's what they do. So it's a bit like counting. It's sensory meditation. I do that. Sensory, Not that specifically. But, but sensory, yeah, sensory stuff. Um, and he did mm -hmm. this other one where he linked both of his thumbs and did like a butterfly. And he said, when you, breathe in, when you breathe in, the butterfly goes up. And when you breathe out, the butterfly goes down. But what was funny about oh. that one? I said, oh, did you do that in school? And he went, no, I made that one up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> brilliant. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Quite, oh, what an incredible kid. He possibly did. Brilliant. Um, but I'm really, really happy that we are talking about this more and more. And hopefully by the time, you know, we get to 92, fingers, you know, if we get to 92, <laughs> yeah, we'll be sitting there absolutely. going, oh, we talk about this all the time. It's not a problem. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's yeah. so good to know that they're doing all of that because it's stuff yeah. that I've had to learn. We've all had to learn as adults. And yes. Isaac's doing that age six, you know, it's like bang on. Mm. So yeah. that's ingrained in his head now. Yeah, and he's definitely. got for life. That's incredible. Um, oh, so thinking about brilliant. like looking back at when we were younger, well, there is another question that I've got, um, Becca, which I do mm. know the answer to. Um, <laughs> and there's one specific story about you and I and Tesco, which I think you may, you may know the story <laughs> I'm talking about. Away with it. So what, what I'm going to say is, are there <laughs> any situations where, you, where you've experienced like real panic and anxiety, um, but you can look back now and think, what on earth was I thinking? Absolutely not. No, I've never had a situation like that in my life. <laughs> um, next question. Nice try. <laughs> Where will I begin? No, absolutely. And um, I think if this you're... is one of the things that's so fantastic about this podcast yeah. is that it's all about actually finding the humour and looking back and going, what on earth was I on? Well, as long as you're happy to do that. Um, 100% you know, happy to do we that. Would, we would love you to talk about that. <laughs> you want that particular incident? Um, if you've got another one, that's fine. I think well, that now that, now that no, we've talked we'll go, about we'll an anecdote, it is a bit <laughs> elephant in the room. Hang in there. Yeah. Okay. So we talk about how this can kind of invade every sort of area of your life. So shopping in the supermarket is a tricky one for me because I constantly think that if I take something off a shelf or I knock something, it's going to cause other things to fall, and that will then cause someone to trip over or it will hit somebody or some sort of disaster will happen because I've like taken the can of ambrosia off the shelf in a certain way and knocked the rest of them flying do you know yes. so <laughs> the one that I made the mistake of telling you was um I think I must have been a teenager I can't remember exactly how old I was but I'd gone to Tesco to buy some carrots and you know how the carrots are all kind of piled on top of each other in the in the 
box and you can just help yourself and take them off loose carrots and, um, we're talking about yeah loose carrots not bagged carrots <laughs> um loose yeah so I was just um I went and I got my carrots and I put them in my bag um and I was convinced that I'd knocked one and I was convinced that I deliberately knocked one in a split second moved it to the point that it was hanging so that it was then any second going to fall off and cause some serious damage. I mean, this carrot, in my head, this carrot was going to be the cause of death of somebody. It was inevitable. Um, and I, be- I believed that I had done this purposefully to try and hurt somebody. Now, I'd be a rubbish. I, this is the thing. I'd actually be an awful <laughs> criminal because in my head, I genuinely believed that was going to cause some sort of disaster. And to make it worse, I was convinced that it was going to be a, a baby. And that... <laughs> A, ba- <laughs> a baby was going to walk past the carrots now I mean babies aren't really walking at that point anyway but a baby was going to stroll past the carrots and at the exact moment this carrot was going to come off clunk on the head and that was yeah. going to be that for the baby and because it was my the fault. shelf was so low down it could only be <laughs> a baby really that would walk past but this is what the brain does and it had concocted this story that this was going to come and we did you did tell me and at the time we did know that it was, you know, okay, we'll fix that. It, you know, that's not going to happen. We'll be okay. Um, but we did have a good giggle and we did name it Death by Carrot. Death by of Carrot, like, yeah. Of like, you know. That's it. Fantastic. Four ways that people might die in an ocean brain. <laughs> Death There's by so Carrot. Many. There's so many. There's so many I could tell you about. <laughs> this is it. So this is it but I'm I'm glad as well I mean this is the thing with OCD as well like it can it's so real at the time it's so real yeah it's so so real and actually to get to a point where you can look back and actually go hang on a minute no okay that's either you know either laugh at it or actually realize that actually what everyone had been telling you was true and you weren't an awful person that was going to go and do awful things it was just your brain playing tricks on you that's a brilliant feeling yeah. And yeah. sometimes you can get that and sometimes you won't. Um, but it's, you have to be been removed from it for a little while mm-hmm. and given your brain a rest from thinking about it to actually then be out of the loop and kind of go, actually, yeah, that was, actually, yeah. That was a funny yeah, one. Definitely, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, Steph, what was your one, like, what was I thinking moment? What is your main one that sticks in your head? Um, the, see, the main one for me is... Um, it's probably quite a serious one, but how it escalated was, is that I was the same situation where I was convinced that people had died because I'd given them the wrong food at a restaurant. And it was simple as that. Oh, what wow. if, okay. if, and it's, it's, it's crazy now because you think about this, it's so um, allergies are so more prevalent and we're discussing that mm-hmm. more. And my mum suffers with horrendous allergies and, you know, hair eating at a restaurant is a nightmare. So I do know the consequences of that and how bad that is. Um, Mm. But giving someone a meal that's the wrong meal and potentially them eating that and, you know, what are the chances that they have a reaction to that and then die from that? And I'd really, really convinced myself that that had happened um, Mm. to the point where I thought that the police were coming to get me. And like, like I was like targeted as like uh you know most wanted for this event happening um and to the point where I was in college so I was only a teenager like I was like 19 say and I was like in the middle of a lesson and I could hear a police helicopter outside and I inside I'd be going this is it they're coming to get me they're coming to get and at the time I was like 
this is horrendous. I was hyperventilate. I'd need to go and get water. I'd need to leave the room. I'd need to go and like, it was just horrendous. Even though deep down, you know that that's not what's happened. And you know that that's not really going to happen. You still go, but they might, but they might do, but they might do that. Mm. And a helicopter's going to come and like drop its ladder <laughs> down and like armed police are going to come, tell us all to get on the ground and they're going to put me in a straight coat and arrest me. Like, like, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> it's funny looking back now because I was so convinced yeah. that that's what was going to happen. I was like, nothing when you're in that mindset nothing is too extreme like you can you can genuinely your brain can convince you of absolutely absolutely anything anything. when you're in that mindset yeah yeah there's there's definitely like other things that are smaller but um yeah sorry Helen what what were you gonna say no 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 it's it's good I I was just thinking I can't wrap my brain around that Um, Um, I know that um Becca we touched on this a little bit earlier mm. but um I think circling back to the bit about how your OCD has affected relationships with friends and family. Can you tell mm. us like a, a little bit more about that, like if, if you can? Sure. No, absolutely. Um, so kind of like I said, for me, and I think for a lot of people, um, OCD picks on your biggest fear, whatever that might be at the time um, and kind of works around around that and obviously I think for everybody um our fears do change over time so obviously it it covers a whole load of different topics but um I think there's there's two two times that have been the toughest the the first being with um with my mum when it when it all started Mm -hmm. and at that time as well I mean I I speak to my mum about it now I I did last week and I said yeah how on earth did you did you cope with that how did you deal with that me sitting there saying these things to you and she'd say like, you know, she could see, she knew me, she knew that I wouldn't hurt a fly yeah. on, you know, and, and, and that all the, all of this was in my head and it was doubt and it was fear that was causing all of this. She knew that, but at the same time, you know, when it was first happening, it was pretty terrifying for all of us. Um, I was scared of what, what was going on in my head. They were scared of seeing what was happening to me yeah. and the effect that it was having on me and the fact that I just couldn't function and that I was completely in tears in a ball in the corner for you know weeks and weeks and weeks and months on end um and I mean I'm just so thankful that they are I think I think I'm actually lucky that I had OCD from a young age because it was you know it was known that I had it and you know I'd kind of grown up with it and they'd kind of grown up with it as well um so I was I'm very lucky they're very 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 understanding and they're so supportive um but I can only imagine what it must be like, you know, as a mum to sit there and even though your child is, you know, bawling, crying, you can see quite clearly that this is, they're distressed by something, you know, to hear your child say those words to you. Like, I can't imagine what that must have been like for her. And um, I've had a similar situation with my dad where I've convinced myself of all sorts of things and, you know, with my dad and similar kind of situations and for them to have to sit there and hear me say these things, um must I can't I can't imagine what it must must be like um they say you know they they knew me they they knew the situation they obviously were listening to doctors and everyone and could take on board what they were saying and it was me that couldn't um and they never questioned that but yeah I I don't feel guilty as such because I know it's not my fault but I look back and I wonder how on earth did they did they cope with that Mm -hmm. um -hmm. but they did yeah they did it's, so, it's, it helps incredible. to have like supportive people because with any mental health condition 
it's very, very difficult sometimes for the people around you to totally understand what's going on. Yeah. Your family can be supportive, but if they don't really understand it, the frustration they can really get frustrated. And I get that. Yeah. I, I do understand mm-hmm. that that must be tricky. And I've definitely been told by like family members that often if I'm asking them to um, like provide reassurance, which... Yeah. Um, we know Becca is that that's part of OCD is that you're constantly uh, saying is uh, that okay but did I do that are you sure that's okay does that look okay did I are you sure I put that in the right way is it it's not going to catch fire it's not going to blow up it's not going to do this it's, and all uh, of that can be exhausting for the other person and also on top of that like I think I've mentioned um, in one of our previous podcasts previously Helen about cooking and people being like yeah um at me constantly yeah we talked about uh, that sort of saying did you did you wash that properly did you cook that properly is that is that food okay and um that can be really really hard for the other people because Mm. you're sort of questioning their techniques then and you know Mm. that's really tough it is tough and there's definitely been times you know when you know my parents have they've got angry not with me but because you can't you yeah. can never win an argument with somebody that's in the grip of an OCD cycle like whatever you say whatever try reassurance whatever trying to rationale you try and give you will never win the argument because their brain is just one step ahead going yeah but yeah but yeah but so there's definitely be time been times when you know they've been angry or really frustrated or times that they've had to walk away and leave me literally hyperventilating in a corner because they just can't get through yeah and I know then that they afterwards feel really bad about that but this is the thing it's it's equally as hard for the people around around you trying to deal with it as well because you know they're only I get annoyed I've got friends that are that are are warriors and and often kind of I'm not talking about you Steph but obviously you are one as well but (laughs) you know other friends that are (laughs) really um anxious people and often you know then asking me for reassurance and I hear myself sometimes getting slightly sort of short or frustrated and I think what are you doing you know what it feels like to be on the other side of that but I think it's like you know it's human human Mm -hmm. nature you can only Yeah. yeah it's definitely so hard yeah. and you sort yeah. of try to get in the mindset and think if it yeah. was me and and it doesn't always work because we're all very different yeah. people yeah. so what works yeah. for you doesn't always work for the people so that's tricky I think and then you worry yeah. after have I said the wrong thing did yeah. they think I meant this and I meant that and oh all of that spirals yeah. and yeah I've done that with people that I've like just met where I'll say something and then afterwards I'll go did they think I meant like this and actually I meant that and now that's the end of our like Friendship. I'm doing That's I'm doing this right now in the middle of this podcast I'm like oh my be. goodness everybody is going to think that you're some sort of crazy kind of serial killer-esque person and that's it you'll uh <laughs> you'll never work again no. you'll have the people at the door tomorrow waiting to cart you away but that's just the way, <laughs> that's just the way don't works. go there don't go there yeah no, we've explained absolutely what it not. is <laughs> we've explained what it is yeah it's, um, exactly it happens um how open have you been with people about your OCD and have you ever experienced the negative impact of any um like stigmas firsthand mm. yeah so I I've always been open with friends to a point where they you know they know that I have it you know I'll go so far as to say you know I have it I have to take you know medication for it and I will for the rest of my life and you know I've had periods of time that have been really dark and really difficult and you know I I, my my friends would know would know that Mm -hmm. um probably there's probably four or five people yourself included um Steph that know 
the real, like the darkest of the dark places that my head could take me. Okay. Um, and that's not that, you know, that's, that's not the kind of thing that I would, yeah, you would necessarily kind of talk about. No. Um, so people know, you know, people know that, that I have it. Um, very few people know the, the real kind of gory details. I think it's, you know, it's my parents, it's you, it's my, um, my ex-partner that I was with for a long time um, who supported me through a lot of it. You know, he, he kind of had to know when you're living with somebody and they're sort of sitting in the corner going, um, yeah. So, and, and I was thinking this the other day, actually, I hadn't had, I haven't had a whole pile of kind of negative experiences with it, actually. I've been very, very lucky in that most people, even if they don't understand, haven't, you know, have at least respected the kind of the situation. I've had a couple of times, you know, people talking about things and saying, oh my God, so like, you're actually crazy. Like when you said you were crazy, like you're actually crazy. And, you know, stuff like that, people that I didn't know very well, but, you know, and that, mm. that is a bit of a slap in the face, but then you have to just try and remember that they don't understand and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've been pretty lucky. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah de- definitely. Incredible. You have recently had the dreaded COVID-19 and as someone who suffers with OCD, um, mm. how did having um, both of those at the same time affect your mental health? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a really, well, after the fact, it was very interesting looking back in the middle of it, it wasn't quite so much fun. Um, mm. But yeah, for me, I mean, I was lucky in that the actual like physical symptoms of COVID that I had were very, very mild. So yes. I was very, very lucky from that point of view. Um, but the mental side of things was by far the biggest challenge for me. Um, okay. Obviously, like the isolation, the being on your own, you know, not seeing anybody for days, that's really, really tough. And then if you bring my OCD into it and this fear that I have that I am going to cause harm to somebody else, if you're told you've got this virus that in the news is everywhere, the devastation that it's causing and the harm it's causing to people, mm-hmm. to be told then that you have it and that it's my responsibility to ensure that I don't pass it on to anybody else in my, in my house, um, it just, yeah, it <laughs> went off to another level. Um, yeah. Everything was, was really, really uh, hard. Just really simple things, you know, going to the, having a, having a shower took me a good hour and a half because I was so worried about making sure that I'd not done anything that could cause harm to anybody else. Um, that was that was the worst of it. So, yeah, when you had this, we were chatting a little bit and um, mm. you'd said about some of the things that you were having to do to ensure that you didn't go, you know, oh, my God, I've, you know, I'm, I'm passing this horrible, terrible virus onto somebody. And you actually wrote me an email, didn't you? You, you wrote a little, <laughs> a little COVID diary, if you like, about having OCD and um, having COVID at the same time. So mm. what I'm going to do if you don't mind, is I'm just going to read out some little bits from your COVID diary that made me just go, oh my God, it, should, uh, you know, it was brilliantly, brilliantly written. Um, and there are, there are lots of laugh out moments that I had. So Helen, you've not heard this. Nope. I'm going to read some I'm bits out to you. To this. So it's titled <laughs> Instructions from an OCD of how to clean the bathroom after yourself when you have COVID. So it's in three sections. And the first section is called before you leave your bathroom. So Number one, sanitize your hands. Number two, sanitize your hands again. Number three, sanitize your hands again, just to be sure. (laughs) So straight away, I mean, okay. (laughs) Um, 
again, before you leave the bathroom, <laughs> turn the light on using a pen or similar so you don't touch the light switch. If you have already used this item for this before, make sure you use the correct end and not the end that you were holding last time, or you will just spread your germs to the light switch and then your housemate might touch it and die. <laughs> um, True oh, story. <laughs> real, real thoughts going on there. In the bathroom, okay, number one, try not to breathe. <laughs> um, brush your teeth and make sure you spit the toothpaste directly into the plug hole as to not contaminate the sink around it. Repeat the same for mouthwash. <laughs> um, My aim got fantastic. By the end of this, I was literally, I mean, this is disgusting, I'm so sorry, but I was literally, <laughs> didn't even touch the side of the plug hole. It was directly down. <laughs> Just a pro. Oh, that is ultimate skill oh come I love on. otherwise if she uses the sink later to wash her face or something like you know could be dangerous dangerous, dangerous. um <laughs> so there's a few more steps in between um but one of the ones that you put was um have your shower but make sure you also wash your hands in the shower in between before you touch anything so the soap the shower head etc so the self-cleaning soap <laughs> <laughs> Wash your hands. Clean, clean the soap. Clean, clean the, the soap. soap. Clean the soap. Okay. You'll thank me for this one day. Everyone will <laughs> be living by it. This is one of my favorite parts of this. Are you ready? Right. So you've had your shower now. Wash your hands before you get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, the number of bars of soap I went through in that 10 day period. You would never, never know. <laughs> honestly, oh, honestly. So oh. then it goes on a little bit more. Um, and then the, the final bit of that sort of bit is go to your room to prepare for the big clean. Take your time with this. There is a big journey ahead, but don't take too long or your housemate may get into the bathroom before you get back there, before you get back there and get germs and die and it will all be your fault. <laughs> yeah. oh, totally understand that one right back in your room sanitize your hands so after washing your hands after the shower you get back in your room you sanitize your hands this one's quite good get dressed in brackets don't touch your face <laughs> harder than it sounds and then sanitize your hands put your mask on sanitize your hands again because you touched your ears which are less than five centimeters away from your mouth sanitize once more just to be certain <laughs> Open your bedroom door without touching the handle. Otherwise, you'll need to sanitize again. <laughs> no word of a lie. This is the abridged version as well. Like, I actually shortened yeah. this before I sent it to you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> back in the bathroom, there's quite a lot of cleaning that's going on. If you've been anywhere near the toilet, you need to spray and wipe this. Make sure you move the toilet roll off the top of the cistern before you clean it and don't put it back until everything is completely dry. Otherwise, this may give your housemate chemical burns next time they use it. If you aren't <laughs> sure, just take the toilet roll into your room and keep it with all the other... <laughs> Sorry. If you aren't sure, just take the toilet roll into your room and keep it with all of the other dangerous toilet rolls you have. Once you have touched before, washing your hands, once you have breathed on, etc. If your housemate asks you where all the toilet rolls are going, just plead ignorance. You are doing this for her own good. <laughs> I had so many toilet rolls in my room. <laughs> Oh, I love how you put a thought behind it. That is fantastic. <laughs> Just need ignorance, you know. And then, I did you like the toilet roll shortage? They were all in my bedroom because they all had some 
dangerous element did you um were you able to like quarantine them and then put them back like 48 hours later (laughs) i tried but i tried but when i was carrying them to the bathroom obviously i was breathing while i was doing it so i got to the bathroom door and i was like oh well now we have to go back in quarantine oh man it's like when when the kids bring their school books home and then they have to be quarantined before the other kids can have it you're just like taking toilet rolls (laughs) <laughs> until they're safe to be done <laughs> oh my goodness oh right this one's a good one i say a good one you know what i mean i do once you have wiped everything down and you are certain you haven't breathed out <laughs> rinse the cloth in the sink make sure you rinse it really well before you put it on the radiator to dry as otherwise the milton left in it might get too hot and then set on fire burning the entire house down and killing everyone inside <laughs> wow okay yeah like i get that wash your hands otherwise you might develop a sudden severe allergic reaction to all of the milton on them even though this has never happened before there's lots of spraying 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 decide that you will just take the allergic reaction as it's now been an hour since you started the process do not touch the taps um, mm. This one's good as well. Open the door with your foot. See point 11 in the in the bathroom section above for instructions on how to do this safely. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, You've thought of everything. Go back to your room. And then the last step. Cry when you realise that this has taken so long that you now really need to pee and will have to go back and do all of this again. <laughs> they say a common symptom of COVID-19 is fatigue. I wonder why. <laughs> oh that, that is quite the experience that is oh, i mean I, i'm glad that, that we fantastic. can look back now that is absolutely brilliant because yeah I, can, I know that you've done all of this like the thought processes that have gone into that <laughs> or yeah like that is those that is them okay i'm struggling like... to compute it all i just Wow, there's so many layers to that. I don't know. I'm, speech- I'm speechless, honestly. Thank you. I'm just really glad that like my housemate wasn't able to come out of her room while I was doing this because I don't think I'd have been living with her for much longer if she'd seen me doing all of this. You know, like at least it was only me that was seeing it happen until I yeah. shared it with everyone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But that's the oh, thing so that like, you've just highlighted that these things happen. Like it, you're not just writing that down for fun. You lived that. That was your truth. Mm. Like you, that was what was going on. It's not just yeah. like something we're reading out now for entertainment. And they're like, no. that's <laughs> what actually happened. Like, it, it's, it's something incredible. that like it would be in visible. so many ways. If, if we'd have watched you do that, that would be us vis- like visibly able to see you do that. Mm. Actually, we can't see the thought process, but that has given us mm. yeah. such a good <laughs> like example. It was it, so damn eloquent. I don't think anyone so could put that better. It's it a bit like um, brilliant. Because I um I can't remember that I've mentioned it mentioned it or not because it's been such a long time that I started writing it. But I started writing. Um, it was a play, and then it was a screenplay because I decided that that just would portray it better. Um, but it was called Convinced, and it was about OCD. Oh, and I've yes. I've written it, and it's Incredible. there, um, and I've never done anything oh, wow. with it. But um, I've definitely got that there. Well, putting that out there, fellow anyone that's listening that might be a publisher or knows publishers, there you go. It's definitely <laughs> it, a screenplay it's, about it's OCD yeah. and it needs yeah, it needs we need to, to do something with it. Go, guys. It's ready to yeah. go. So yeah, well maybe um that could be we might look at that. 
as part of it. I think Brilliant. Might have to happen. Yeah. Got to be done. <laughs> so, um, we're going to bring this to a close in a minute. It's been absolutely brilliant and you've given us it's so much. It's been mind-blowing and eye-opening and fantastic and hilarious and brilliant all at the same time. And you've been so <laughs> unbelievably brave. Like, thank and, you so like, much, yeah, for sharing it yeah. all. And yeah, not at all. I Just mean, I was inspired you. by you guys, to be honest, you know, like I haven't ever kind of publicly spoken about it, but listening to you um, doing the the first kind of um first few podcasts that you did it just yeah it made me you know hearing you be so honest about it and me being able to kind of relate to everything you were saying it kind of gave me the the kind of confidence that I needed to actually come and come on here and talk about it so that you're already so making a huge difference so so good to podcast. hear I'm so mm. glad that you said that really so I'm so glad that you are in a position where you felt comfortable to do so because that ultimately is our aim, isn't it? We'd said, Helen, all along that we just want people to be able to go, do you know what? Yeah, I have experienced something and I'm not sort of scared to talk about it because we need to and if it helps other people and to know that you're not alone and for the people to know that it's not just them is is massive. It's huge. There's there's nothing worse than um, going through something. I mean, that sounds like such a cliche, but like... (laughs) <laughs> there um, are there's so many cliches in all of this but if if without us sitting here talking about this then other people don't know that they relate to it as well so I think yeah, for you two yeah. like sat on here yeah and obviously it's great that we've inspired you but I tell you what you've inspired me bloody hell <laughs> like I it, it it puts things into perspective so much and like I just think it's this is stuff that you can't easily just talk about you know, just mm. willy-nilly off the cuff. So mm. I really appreciate it. Just thank you for Definitely. coming here and like speaking to us. I feel I feel really honoured actually because it's like, yeah, I know you went to share I that with any, it. anyone. So thank you. Oh, no, good, you're yeah. welcome. I didn't think that I'd um I'd enjoy talking about it so much. To be fair, do you know, Fantastic. I enjoyed it. So yeah, it's been it's been great to do it from um. Yeah, and oh, well, laugh, I know for you know, a fact that people will have enjoyed listening to you talk about it because it's okay to laugh and it's okay to feel sad 100%. about it. It's okay to talk about it. So amazing. 100%. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for having me. So pleased that we got to talk to Rebecca because so, she's so such pleased. an exceptional person. Absolutely. And I... I'm so happy that she was able to talk to us so openly about all of that because it just goes to show that you don't have to feel anything about any mental struggles that you have. You just go with it and just find a way throughout your life to cope alongside them. And I think she's shown that it can be done. Definitely. That you you can just be yourself and have those struggles and it's okay. Yeah, you're allowed. You're allowed to have those struggles. Brilliant, absolutely and I think brilliant. That until you realise that, like, when you're on, when you, because obviously your thoughts are in your own head, and it's very, very difficult to, you know, not understand that lots of people have similar thoughts, and you know, it's not always really, really odd for you to like think in a certain way. Mm-hmm. There are other people exactly. I know. Obviously, we're all different, but there are definitely similarities between you know, the way that lots of us think. And I think that just normalizing some of that is, um, it is very, very helpful and definitely. Exactly. And that's what we're here to do at the end of the day. This is why we, we're here. I think we say this every episode. Yeah. We're here just to normalize these things. 
and Becca is no, by no means alone in her diagnosis. So, yeah. yeah, I think quite a lot of you out there will probably relate to this episode. So, yeah, it was really a real privilege to share what Becca had to say. Yeah, definitely. Me, myself and I. Okay, so our meme for this week is exceptionally appropriate. (laughs) Um, So on the theme of OCD, I think this is one that your sister sent you, Steph, um, and it's it's extremely fitting. So it's (laughs) very, very classic one. I think it's been around for a long time. It basically says, if you're OCD and you know it, wash your hands. (laughs) to the tune of if you're happy you know it clap your hands and then literally just a nice little picture of someone washing their hands quite ferociously I think that pretty much sums up the episode don't you love it <laughs> love it absolutely brilliant yeah I saw that a while ago um and I was just reminded by it again when uh, yeah, my sister sent it in so thanks for that and um, we'll be putting that <laughs> on our Instagram for all to see Exactly what I was just about to say. Yeah, we'll put yep. that on the Instagram so you can guys can have a laugh at it too because it is one that you're allowed to laugh at, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the challenge? Challenges for this week then. What okay. are you going to set yourself to accomplish? Do you know what I'm going to try and do? really I've got some items that are just sitting around the house and I've been trying to um, get rid of them and sell them so there's a couple of things that um, are actually you know worth a bit of money so I've got like we had a new bathroom put in last year and I've got a shower screen that was the wrong one for our bathroom but it's brand new and it's just sitting here it can't go back to the shop um, because it, it actually did get fitted to the bathroom but when it, we realised it was the wrong one, it got taken off straight away. So it's brand new, never been used. Um, and it's just sitting here. So I'm going to put some stuff maybe on um, like Gumtree or eBay or Neighbourhood, I believe is a good app these days. Nice. Um, yeah, there's Market definitely got a bit of money in that. Yeah. So yeah. things like that all around the house that I just need to sell and make a bit like make a bit of easy cash. I'm going to try and do that. How about you? What are you going to do? Well, mine's on a sort of similar theme. So I'm quite specific. I don't know if anyone knows. I'm out there now. I crochet things, anything and everything. Yeah. I just make stuff. I crochet them. And for a long, long time now, I've been wanting to do a maker's market, of which there are quite a few in my home city. Um, and then COVID hit. And of course, we couldn't do all that kind of thing in person. Yeah. So I couldn't, you know, set out my stall and have my crochet stall. So my challenge for this week is I'm going to ramp that back up again and get back to looking at at a maker's market to sell my wares as it were because I would love to I've got a whole box of crochet stuff amazing all random stuff and I want to sell them so that's what I'm going to do I'm going to look into uh, getting my own little stall on a maker's market that sounds amazing I really really love that we're both in the market for selling some stuff aren't we yeah we're going to sell some stuff um I've got all sorts so you know guys I'm poor please buy stuff from me (laughs) I do try and put it on (laughs) the internet but um it's really hard when you're not selling it in person so yeah yeah. imagine 
get some of that Lots stuff. Of, do you know what? We didn't even coordinate that. We didn't tell each other what our no, challenges we didn't. were beforehand. We didn't. And we both ended up saying we'll sell stuff. So this yeah. is this is good. Brilliant. We'll get back to you cash. guys on how we got on with our challenges. Yes. That's another episode in the bag. Another joyful um <laughs> time spent recording the podcast and for you guys listening thank you so so much for all the support so far and everybody who has taken the time to answer um and take part in our polls and also subscribe and listen to the podcast we really really do appreciate it certainly do and if you've been affected by anything that we've discussed in this episode you can find all the contacts and details below in our description box of where you can get more help and on that note that's goodbye from us and we'll see you next time yeah see you very soon bye bye bye